You will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com. Hi, I'm Vanessa. And I'm Abby. And you're listening to Real Moms of Bravo, a weekly Bravo podcast where we recap your favorite Bravo shows in 30-ish minutes or less. And guys, I think we have our favorite guest episode ever. We had the pleasure of talking to James Harris of Billion Dollar Listing Los Angeles and of the new podcast, Positively Chaotic. This is definitely one of my favorite episodes and favorite people that we've ever spoken to. I think you'll love him as much as we do. We are so excited to be here with Bravo celebrity James Harris from Million Dollar Listing. Not only is he a Bravo love, but he's also a fellow podcaster, which makes us double excited. James, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, ladies. I'm excited to be here. Never did I think I'd be on a podcast with the title Mum in it, but there you have it. <laughs> I'm here. I'm excited. And thank you for having me. You're an honorary mom today. Everyone can be an honorary mom. <laughs> Let me let me tell you how my day started, actually, because uh, <laughs> if this isn't a mum moment in the madness that we're living today, my wife went to get tested just for safe measure, and my children are on their third day of Zoom, and I'm doing emails down here in my underwear, as one does, and my daughter got logged out of her Zoom. So in these new times, I ran up logged her into her Zoom, and before you knew it, I was in my underwear <laughs> in front of the whole classroom. There you have it. That's what's happening during Corona times. What it's, can I say? Yeah. It's going to happen 2020. Yeah. yeah, it's 2020. I, I felt like a real mom, I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess it's great that I'm here today with that story this morning. I will also preface this because a lot of people think because we have mom in our title, we do cuss. So feel yeah. free Perfect. to speak freely. <laughs> There's no need Perfect. to censor you're, you're, yourself. You're speaking to a Brit, so you have no, <laughs> no, no worry there at all. Well, James, you have a super successful business. You've broken numerous, numerous records. But we want to know what, has made, what made you get into real estate and what was your first listing before you became who you are today? So that's a great question. <laughs> I... I first got into real estate when I was 16 and grew up around people in real estate in London. And I always had a passion for it. My mother is actually an interior designer. And so my whole childhood, she would buy an apartment, she'd remodel it, and then we'd sell it. And I always used to get excited for like the next apartment because I'd have a new room and it was just great and fun. Uh, so it was always, you know, I, I hated school, hated it. 
Um, and so the second I was able to leave school, I got into real estate age 16. Um, and then when I moved to Los Angeles and I set up my real estate business, we wanted to like go for the, the top straight away. And that was kind of what we set out to do. And one of our very first listings was with this sweet lady called Janice Kay. It was a two bedroom house in West Hollywood for like a million three. And you would have thought this was a $300 million house the way we treated it. I mean, <laughs> it was David and I at every single showing, every open house together. And Janice just must have thought we were the two best guys in town. But the reality was we had nothing else going on. And that's where it really started. Very exciting. I mean, when you're the hungriest is when you're going to be the most successful. <laughs> Listen, that's the most important thing about any business is you never become complacent, right? Mm -hmm. And so even today, I remain even more hungry today than I did back then. And every time I close a deal, it's not, oh, well, I'll sleep in tomorrow or, oh, I'll go on vacation and let's blow the commission. It's let's get to the office and see what's next. And I feel like you have to have that mentality if you're going to continue to grow, become bigger and better and continue to strive for success. Well, and I'm sure that mentality is why, I mean, you, your, your job is nonstop. Real estate is nonstop. You have demanding clients, but then you started a podcast. You also are a dad, you know, you have small children. How do you balance it all? Because it's easy to burn out if you're focused all the way on one thing or another. How do you balance personal and professional? It's a hard question to answer because balance is one of the hardest things to mm -hmm. do, right? You know, you want to get home and have that idea that your phone goes down and you switch <laughs> it up and you sit with your family. That's not the reality. And a lot of people like to say that's what they do. They don't. Balance is something that I find I learn every day. Every day there's a new challenge. Every day our schedule becomes more unpredictable. And so you kind of have to appreciate the moments that you have with your family and you take I take the weekends to be with my family I do everything I can to not work on the weekends but balance is something that I don't feel is taught it's something that comes day by day um, and I also feel like if you're good within you can be good without right so if I'm stressed within I'm going to pass that stress on to my family. I'm not going to give them the attention they deserve. But if I take care of myself from within, I'm going to be able to go and take care of everybody else. So I do a lot of work on myself. Do you find time for yourself? Speaking of which, for, to take care of yourself, being so busy, how do you unwind? Do you binge watch reality TV like we do? <laughs> I wish I could say I do. Um, my unwinding is laying next to my wife in bed while she watches Blackish. And I sit there cuddling her and just taking it all in. I really don't watch a ton of TV, um, but you know, I just sit there and kind of decompress um, and I just watch her watching TV and it's great. <laughs> and, that, and that's kind of what I do. And I'm so go, 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 go all day um, that by the time I hit the pillow, my, I think my wife wants to like start punching me because it takes her two hours to fall asleep. I'm out within, 10 minutes. I mean, really 10 to 20 minutes. I'm out. And that's no matter what time we go to bed. So that's, that's all husbands. I, I know. That's Why are men can husbands. do that? Yeah. It pisses me off, especially yeah. with a newborn at home. I get so uh -huh. angry when he sleeps and naps. I'm like, ah. Well, I know what you're going through. And I remember what my wife went through. And I'll, I'll never forget when we had our first Sophia, who's now 11, and we had a girlfriend come over. Uh, and I actually wasn't, I, I wasn't at home at that moment. And uh, my wife had our girlfriend come over, Natalie, 
and my wife said, I got to go breastfeed Sophia. And she went and laid on the bed and she was breastfeeding Sophia and she fell fast asleep whilst our friend was outside and she left her for an hour. And my friend didn't want to interrupt, but she didn't know what to do. She didn't have kids. And she just <laughs> sat there for two hours whilst my wife was fast asleep. Oh. So I know how tired you get and how stressful it is. I, I've lived through two kids now, so yeah. I get it. That's a good friend that just sat there. I was like, well, for I'll, sure. you know, I'll just be patient. For sure. Yes, it is. That's right. You're a very positive person. You can just see it in the way you talk and you know what you put in and what you put out. So the name of your podcast, Positively Chaotic, I think is a perfect name. And I love that you talk a lot about your own experiences, but you interview a lot of really interesting people to learn about the chaos in their life. You've interviewed Kyle Richards, who we are obsessed with. Mm-hmm. You've got Kelly Rowland, uh, Jody Sweeten's coming up. So I wanna know, you've interviewed a lot of really cool people, but who is your dream interview when you're thinking about some new podcast episodes? It's probably someone nobody would think I would say. Um, and I would love to interview somebody like an Elon Musk, you know, the creator of Tesla, someone that's just an innovator, someone that's wacky and crazy. And you know, they've had this chaotic journey. And the whole reason I started the podcast was I'm so intrigued by people's journey. Like, where did you come from? Where are you now? But what happened in between? Because I know that my journey was positively insane uh, from being expelled, arrested, diagnosed with all sorts of learning disabilities. And I'm so intrigued by people's journeys of how they got from where they were to where they are today. And so an Elon Musk, a Richard Branson, Virgin Atlantic, you know, creators. I love the idea of uh, uh, Jeff Bezos, Amazon, like, where were you when you were four years old laying next to your mom and how the fuck did you get to where you are today? <laughs> and tell me about the madness of everything that came in between it. So that's the purpose of the podcast is trying to really get into people's minds and journeys because we don't all come from fortunate backgrounds. We don't all come from silver spoons in our mouths and a ton of money. We started somewhere and we were on a mission to get where we got today. And I just love the idea of really understanding that journey. You can tell you love just talking with people. I mean, real estate must be a perfect business for you. You can hear it in your podcast. Like I love listening to you talk to people because you research them. You have these like deep questions. It's as a listener, you can feel that energy. It's really fun. I love to hear that. And I love people. You know, it's like, I don't get up and go to work every day. I truly mean that. I get up and have shitloads of fun every day and I get to do (laughs) what I love. And don't get me wrong. It's very stressful. Um, and you know, closing a $50 million deal is no joke, but I get to integrate with people that I get to learn from that teach me. And I love the art of the deal and the negotiation. And so for this business that I'm in, it's like perfect checks every box of what I enjoy doing. So I'm very happy. James, your energy is contagious. I know. I'm like, like oh, I'm like ready, like after getting off this call, I'm like, I'm going to pump and I'm going to go do yes. something. <laughs> right. But, but ladies, that's the whole thing, right? We're in this weird fucked up time, right? Where you have a global pandemic and you have so many people that are down and depressed and miserable and not leaving their houses and mental health's a real thing, right? And so we have two choices, right? The glass is either half full or it's half empty. And we have a choice of what direction to take. So I'm going to choose 
to take the half glass full approach and make the most out of what's happening. If you take the half empty approach, you're going to be low, you're going to be sad, you're going to be depressed, and that's going to carry over to your family, to your job and everything else in your life. And so after three weeks of pure anxiety, when this thing started, I truly did. I made a decision to change that mindset, change my thinking, and really continue to show and breathe positivity because I breathe it to you, you breathe it to someone else today, and hopefully we all go about our day and have a happier day. And that's, that's what this is all about, in my opinion. I love that. We More have- so now than ever, by the way. It's fun. I just, uh, and this is the thing I'm, it makes me sad about masks and I totally support wearing them, but just making eye contact with a stranger and smiling, they always smile back. It's never like a, why'd you smile at me? Like it's just that type of, uh, kindness and just positivity. It really is contagious in the best way possible. These masks, I tell you what, it's a weird thing. I mean, they are, no matter what way you look at it and you go to Beverly Hills and you see these women and even men now with these like sparkles and diamond (laughs) fucking masks, no matter what mask you wear, they don't look good. You're never gonna look good in a mask. It's just like, but we have to wear them for the safety of others. And, And that's why I respect the masks because as much as I hate them as they're uncomfortable, I don't like them on my skin, Parts of me don't even think they work. We have to protect others. Like my yeah. mother, who's 60 and has an autoimmune uh, you know, uh, condition. So I'm wearing it, not even necessarily for me, but I'm wearing it because if it does work, which is what they're telling us to do, I don't want to get other people sick. And that's, and that's the message we need to carry out to protect others as well. Well, speaking of helping others, you, uh, you talked about, you know, you had a wild teenage time and you've been pretty open um, with some of your struggles with alcohol. And we want to applaud you, one, for talking about it and congratulate you over 10 years sober. That is, I'm sure, not an easy task. Definitely not. Yeah. What what made you want to come forward with this and talk about it? Because I'm sure it wasn't an easy decision to say, all right, now I'm going to let people in on this very like hard part of your life. It is a hard part of your life. And, you know, I never go about my business with the words AA because the second word is anonymous. Um, But I am sober today and I do feel as though there's probably a lot of people out there that are struggling, um, that know they have a problem but don't really want to accept it. And I feel like alcoholism is the only disease that tells you you don't have it. You know, you have cancer, you have cancer, you break your legs, you break your legs. But when you're struggling with addiction, everything about you tells you you're okay, you're fine, you've got this, it's okay. And I guess I felt several seasons ago we were filming and the right moment came up. And I'm not embarrassed about being sober, I'm proud of being sober. And I felt as though, similar to what I was saying before, if I'm able to help other people, which by the way, can't tell you how many people have reached out that have said I'm now sober. Um, whether I help them or not, the fact that they can reach out and talk to me mm-hmm. about it is is amazing in itself. Um, but you know, it, it's an amazing thing being able to help others and give back to others. And so talking about being sober actually, in a weird way, keeps me sober too, because yeah. I have no regrets. I had the best party time. Of all party times. I mean, shit, you wanted to party with me. I was a <laughs> lunatic. Until it got 4 a.m. And then you kind of wanted to go home and let me just burn and crash. But I mean, I have no regrets. I, 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 I don't miss it. But if I'm able to tell people about how much I loved it, but then where it ended, maybe I'll be able to help them. And that's all this is about. That's so cool. I mean, you're just, 
I don't know. Partying you... was fun though. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of fun back in London and LA, but better this way. And by the way, ladies, I'm now married with two children. I got sober when my wife was eight months pregnant. So mm -hmm. my kids have never seen me drunk. So, you know, that was a big thing for me. And my dad is also not a recovering, but I would pretty much say an alcoholic and potentially an addict. But for me, it was like, I know what I grew up around yeah. and I know what I saw. And I knew if I didn't clean up and sober up and, and, and get real, then I was gonna put my kids through a lot of what I went through. And I didn't want that for my kids. I wanted, you know, I had that two path moment and it was like, right, clean up your act, get sober, become a man, be a good person or end up being a piece of shit liar. And I chose the right path, I think. Yeah. And I haven't looked back. Well, and how just satisfying and rewarding for you to know that your girls are going to grow up with probably the dad you wish you had growing up. I mean, that's got to make you feel really good. 100%. You know, my kids are getting older now. Had a really weird experience a couple of weeks ago. You know, my kids are on the computer now and they Googled their dad and they found an article that was written years ago in Daily Mail about addiction and how about drinking nearly ruined my marriage. And oh. he immediately called me and started grilling me and interviewing me about drinking and partying. Uh, and that was a really weird moment because I'd never talked about it with them, um, sort of that directly, but I'm so glad it came up and I kind of explained to them, yeah, daddy is kind of allergic to alcohol. It doesn't react very well with him. That's why he goes to these meetings in the morning. And I felt like she really got it. So it was kind of an awkward yet amazing moment at the same time. That's cool. I mean, I'm sure for her growing up, she's going to remember that and probably so. will, you know, influence the decisions she makes, which is as parents, our goal, like don't make the same mistakes we did. Like, please. A hundred percent. Yeah. And, and is that your, I saw your beautiful eight week year old daughter. Is that your first daughter? No, it's my second. How old's your first? Um, she's going to be three. Amazing. In November. So you're, you're going through it. But yeah. uh, these kids grow up and you want to protect them so bad, but you kind of can't protect them too much because then they'll rebel. And it's like, there has to be that happy medium. And I hope I'm showing them that happy medium. So, I love too yeah. that you, uh, we're big proponents of mental health. And yes. I think it's important to discuss things that are hard and to normalize sure. it and remove any stigma associated with it. So I think that's beautiful that you have that conversation with your daughter, sure. because I think it's easy to want to hide that and just kind of brush it under the rug. Um, so that's amazing. The less secrets, the better. That's what I've learned as I've grown older. Uh, the less secrets you have that you keep in, uh, the better it's going to be in the long run. So I'm kind of an open book. I really am, for the most part. <laughs> you really, <laughs> you seem to be on the show and your podcast and even talking with you now. So knowing, you know, that you try to share everything and be as transparent as possible, sometimes though people might interpret you differently than you would hope or differently than what you were, you know, but most people interpret you as. What do you think is the biggest misconception that some people have about you from watching the show or only seeing that part of your life? Do you know something? A- in the nicest possible way, anything negative, I couldn't care less. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't affect me. It doesn't change my life. When I first started on this show, what did I do? I'd be on Twitter for an hour every uh, Tuesday from seven to eight. Even then it didn't really bother me. Um, but again, it goes back to if you're comfortable with yourself, it doesn't matter what other people say. Not going to bother you. Um, I actually am very happy with the way 
the show have produced us and edited me and David as well. And before I started on the show, you know, my neighbor was a, a big actor. Um, he was in the show, Mike and Molly. Um, he was Mike in the show and I was asking him, you know, what do I do? How do I do? And he just looked at me, he's this big guy. He goes, as long as you're not an asshole, they can't make you look like an asshole. <laughs> I, that, that, that sat with me for such, for, till today. And so I try and be who I am on camera. And I feel like they do a great job in portraying that. Of course, you see me lose my temper, get mad, angry, smashed a few glasses, but I'm passionate. So I can take what they might see as a negative and I look at it as a positive. So you can't, it's hard to put me down basically. Well, speaking of the show, we watched the finale, Hidden Valley. I want to live there. I thought that house is goals. Has it sold yet? Yes, it has. And, you know, it was so awesome because if you noticed with that party, COVID started to hit after that event. And so we wrapped the season and so we could never film and cover the sale of the house. But you had all the other cast, obviously Josh Altman, uh, saying it's worth 14, 15 million, which is a given because that's what he does. But we did close it at 17 million. Uh, nice. David, my, my, my best friend and business partner, absolutely crushed it on that one. He very much took the lead on that. And not only did we represent the seller, but we rep the buyer as well. And it was such a superb house. So it was worth every single penny of $17 million and more, in my opinion. That kitchen. I mean, I don't cook, but I can make love Seriously. that kitchen. <laughs> Stunning. That La Cornue stove and oh. hood. And it was just exquisite. The house was beautiful. Gorgeous. Are you guys in the process of filming for the next season or are things on hold because of COVID and house showings? And I know this adds an extra layer being in a pandemic. We will get back to you on that shortly, but uh, (laughs) I'm uh, confident things are moving forward in the right direction. Awesome. If you were to sell your house, aside from David, David doesn't count since he is your best friend, would you have Altman, Flag, or Tracy be the listing agent? I would definitely normally say Flag, but where I live, Flag doesn't leave Beverly Hills. <laughs> He's such a 90210 uh, Beverly Hills. I call Flag an 83-year-old woman. Um, so if I lived in Beverly Hills, it would be Flag, but it would have to be Tracy. Tracy? Tracy's I was not expecting that. Yeah, well, it definitely won't be Altman. Um, but Tracy's <laughs> a hard worker. She's a hustler. She grinds, and she's doing great, so it would be Tracy. Awesome. What's it like working with Maurizio? We love watching him on Beverly Hills. We also enjoy seeing stoner Maurizio, <laughs> if I'm being honest. I think that was like the best scene ever, right? <laughs> um, no, it's hilarious. I'm wondering what he's like as a boss. How do you like working with he, him? Firstly, he's a dear friend. I love him to pieces. Secondly, I think what you see is truly what you get. Like Mo is, a, we're actually very similar. I often tell Mauricio, he makes my ADD look tame. Um, His attention span is about as good as mine, but Mauricio is a sweetheart. He has a heart of gold. Kyle is a just, uh, I'm absolutely in love with her. An amazing mum, wife, friend, dog lover. Um, The whole family, all the girls, they're just a wonderful, genuine, kind, loving and caring family. And I really, couldn't speak more highly about all of them together. 
Oh, well, that's good to hear. That makes us, that makes us happy as viewers and fans of the show. It's it's good to hear that people that we watch and see are good people. 100%. They're a great family and uh, I couldn't, yeah, just love them all. How did your partnership with David form? I know he's your best friend. How did you two come together? So we grew up together from day one. Our mothers were best friends. So Dave likes to say he's known me since I was born um, because he's three years older, which one day he'll wish he wasn't three (laughs) years older. Um, And Dave moved out here probably 12 or 13 years ago. I've been here 16 years. And as soon as the recession kind of blew over and things got back to normal, we immediately looked at each other and was like, it's time to set up our real estate business. And that's exactly what we did. We never looked back. We both have the same goals and ambitions and hunger and competitiveness. Neither of us, we're so similar in so many ways and so different in so many others. But the one common goal that we absolutely have is we don't give up and we're competitive with each other, which continues to allow us to strive for success. And so it's been the best partnership I could have asked for. And the most important thing in a partnership is trust. And Dave and I have just, you know, a mutual respect and trust for one another. So it's, it's amazing. That's great. I saw that he got um, Dorit's and PK, they're listing their home. I think I saw something that he's the main yes. on that. Yes, yes. So Dave and PK are really good friends. Um, and we sold them that house probably a year and a half ago or two years ago. Um, so they've now relisted it with us and they're ready to make a move. I think, again, everyone's buying at this time through COVID because their lifestyles are changing and they want more house, more land. And so that's a perfect example of probably what's happening there. But uh, they're also lovely, lovely people. That's great. So during quarantine, we've all, and maybe not you, I've been doing a lot of TV watching. Um, we've all watched Selling Sunset. And I'm sure you've been asked about this, but what are your thoughts? I have to say as a viewer, I prefer million dollar listing one because I feel like you guys actually sell houses <laughs> and watching Selling Sunset, it feels like I'm watching more so for, you know, little drama and what they're yes. wearing. Yeah, you know, I, I'll be completely honest. I've watched the first two episodes. Um, here's what I will say. The show is wildly successful. So no matter who says what, it's successful. And it's like with the Kylie Jenners of the world. So many people want to put them down and bash them, that whole family. And I get that, but they've done very well. And it's again, with Selling Sunset, we can all say it's fake, it's shit, it's this, it's that. The truth is it's done very well. So who cares? Um, All I can say is Jason and his twin brother, Brett, are friends of mine. We've closed deals with them. They truly are the real deal. They're successful, smart, hungry real estate agents. And I respect them tremendously for getting to where they've got. Um, The reality is I've never met any one of those women on the show, except the Israeli girl, Donna? Maya. Maya, Maya, who is a lovely, lovely girl. I've never met them. I've never talked to them. I've never done a deal with them. So I really can't comment. I've seen a lot of talk on the internet saying it's fake, they don't do shit, they don't close deals. I cannot imagine that Jason and his brother would make a show with fake agents because they're very reputable guys. Um, but, But just personally, I haven't done deals with them, but I respect their show and I'm super happy for their success and I want it to keep growing and uh, I wish them nothing but the best. 
I really do. They've had some unique open houses. There's one with burgers and Botox. I don't know if you've heard about that or not, but it just made us think, what is the craziest open house that you've hosted? We've done some crazy, crazy events. Um, We've never done Botox and I don't think we will ever do Botox. Uh, It's just not our style, but we've had Burning Man parties, Lamborghini parties, white parties, Southampton parties from like the East Coast vibe. Um, We've done so many crazy, crazy parties. And we've had, you know, five, six, seven, eight hundred people at our events where there's lines going down to like a mile to sunset. Um, But I would say our favorite event was probably the Lamborghini event in Malibu, where we had 300 Lamborghinis land at our house sit parked on a tennis court and they were doing a um a big drive from somewhere into la and we got all the buyers from the lamborghini event to come and see the house which obviously the house and the buyer of a lamborghini are the two perfect people that was probably my my favorite event so far but there's definitely been many good ones for the books listening to you talk i'm like what is your life like Uh, like, 300 lamborghinis like no big deal no that's 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 a good one by the way listen i love what i do the glitz the glam it's fun but my life's very very normal i'm a dad i'm a husband i'm a son i'm a friend and no different to anybody else but look we we work in a crazy market, it's Beverly Hills, people expect more. And if you do a Lamborghini event, the next seller expects more and more and more. And I think as agents, we're always trying to push the boundaries and we're always thinking outside of the box creatively. How can we become better? How can we be more creative? How can we bring buyers to sellers? You know, how can we put two and two together? So yeah, it's fun and it's glitzy and it's glammy, but there's always a hidden message behind it of how we're doing the deal. And the deal always comes first. I think the fanciest open house I've ever been to, and I live in St. Louis, so a little bit of a different market. Um, uh-huh. They had mimosas. I was like, oh, wow, mimosas. <laughs> now that's fucking cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you should come spend a week here. I'll let you I know would... when I'm next. Well, should I doubt we'll be doing big events this year with COVID. Um, but yes, Maybe next when year. Things- Next when year. things settle down, <laughs> we'll have you out to an event and we'll have a I, lot of fun. My mind will be blown, I'm sure, because uh, <laughs> I'm sure we're easy to impress. We're yeah. easy to I impress. love it. Well, I love it and I look forward to it. Are you both in Missouri or St. Louis? I'm St. Louis and then uh, Vanessa's on the other side of the state. I'm in Kansas awesome. City. Awesome. Can't say yeah. I've been to either, but I'm sure they're beautiful, wonderful places. You've probably flown over. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe. But I'd love to come visit one day. Yeah, I don't know if our real estate is quite up to your standards, but oh, I'm sure it's beautiful. It's fun. It's fun. You know, Andy Cohen was born and raised in St. Louis, actually. We love Andy. We yeah. love Andy. He's a good guy. <laughs> so yes, that's very cool. Well, thank you so much for your time. We're so we loved talking to you. Can you please remind everyone about your podcast and yes. Instagram? All just plug yourself, please. Done and done. Check it out. Positively Chaotic with James Harris. It's on iTunes and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. I believe we're going live with a YouTube channel too. So we'll have all the footage there as well. Instagram is at James Bond ST. And it was lovely chatting with you ladies. Congrats on your new baby, all of your success. And uh, hopefully we can do this again in the near future. I know Vanessa said this earlier, 
But I think that truly has been my favorite interview with a Bravo celebrity. Like his energy, he's so positive. And you guys, like when we were chatting with him before, he's just such a good, sweet, genuine person. I just can't get over. I have a massive crush on him now. Yeah. <laughs> Watch out, Craig. We're big fans of James Harris now. He is incredible, you guys. Please check out his podcast. It is actually good. We've listened to it. it he's got great interviews. I love his friendship with Kelly Rowland, and he interviews Kyle. He does. And I feel like he's not afraid to ask people personal questions. This isn't just like surface level. It's a really, really great podcast. So make sure you check that out. Uh, but first, make sure you're subscribing to our podcast. Otherwise, you're going to miss the opportunity to hear our interviews with these Bravo Labs. If you haven't done so already, and so many of you are doing this, and we appreciate it so much, you have no idea how much it helps our podcast just become more recognizable and searchable. And that is by giving us a five-star rating and leaving a good review. We share them to our Instagram. You truly, truly make our day. It takes 20 seconds at most. So we would truly, truly appreciate if you would do that. And while you're at it, and we're asking a lot of you, follow us on Instagram at Real Moms of Bravo. There is Bravo breaking news daily right now. And if you're not following us, you're probably going to miss some of it. So be sure to check out our Instagram, follow our podcast, and we will keep giving you all the Bravo tea, these fun interviews. And we're just, you know what? We're going to make it nice. Your challenge, if you choose to accept it, is this. Let's go! Let's go! Show up on day one, work out with us for 30 minutes, feel good right away. Yo! Repeat five days a week for three weeks. Three weeks? Five workouts a week. We're a body, and we call that a body block. You pick the block, and you're going to love the experience. On week four, this part is really important. Take the week off. Seriously, we mean it. Rest. Go on vacation. Or try something new. Maybe some yoga. Notice you're not holding on to any tension here. Or a dance class. Get sexy with it, daddy. You do you. And then start again. Be committed to this process. Choose a new body block each month. Get a new challenge each month. Have fun every day. Avoid burnout. You're not going to quit on yourself today. This is how you reach your goals. You in? There is nothing that we can't do if we work together. Sign up for your first body block today. Visit body.com for a free trial. That's B-O-D-I. Are you ready to get started?